Made in Santander, Spain, with the best French white oak, Grato offers a full line of high-quality, balanced construction engineered flooring, parquet, stairs, doors, and accessories. Grato is crafted by generations of skilled woodworkers to offer the maximum degree of personalization while highlighting the wood's natural beauty. Visit gratoparquet.com for more information. Hey guys, Tito here with Lobobaco North America. I'm here to tell you today that Lobosan is officially on its way. Pre-orders start now, but in the meantime, shoot on over to lobosan.com, let us know your sanding needs, and we'll send you a customized demo kit. These kits are limited, and I promise you do not want to miss out on this exciting new launch. Don't forget, head on over to lobasand.com today. Hello, this is Michael Martin, President and CEO of the National Wood Flooring Association. You're listening to The Real Answers Podcast. Today with me, I have Chris Zizza, President of CNR Flooring up in Boston. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? Good. I'm doing great. What's on the agenda today? What do you want to talk about? You know what? Uh, today, I was thinking that we would talk about customer communication. And what I'm thinking about customer communication is this. Guys that are listening, do you have a dedicated way that your customer can reach you or reach out to you more accurately anytime they want. Um, you know, even if you're a small company, you can give the impression of, you know, being a professional company by having a dedicated line. And that doesn't mean, uh, you know, a phone line or it's, it's really just an email um, that we're talking about. So for, for example, at CNR flooring, we have a dedicated email. It's called answers at cnrflooring.com. And it runs through a platform called Help Scout. So we have an IT company called Rivik Media, and he introduced us to Help Scout. And here's what happens. Every time we send out an estimate, it comes from answers at CNR Flooring. Anytime the consumer wants to answer to the estimate, whether it be accepted or you know, denied, you're too expensive, or, you know, we went another direction, or they have questions. What happens is it goes into the answers at CNR flooring, our GM or myself can look at it, and then assign that to any customer, any person in the company, or we can just answer it. But what happens is the whole conversation is constantly tracked. So by the time it comes time to do the job, all the answers are always there at answers at CNR flooring, not by mistake, by the way. So um, that's what we do. Mike, are you aware of anything else out there that people do about communications that, you know, don't have a dedicated reception? Yeah, that's really cool. I, I've never heard of that service. That's that's um, I like the idea that it keeps the whole conversation in one place. so You can see what's been said. Uh, it doesn't matter who really said it. You can still track it back. Well, it, it's it's exactly how it happens. Everybody that writes into it, it just tracks, it, you know, in an email thread. What I did today, thinking about this, and, and what made me think about having this as a topic um, was to tell everybody about something that happened about a week ago and how it, how it went down. And I'm going to bore you guys uh, with the, the language and the two paragraphs that are in this email. But I think when we're done, it's going to make a lot of sense to you guys. And incidentally, if anybody wants to learn about Help Scout or Rivik Media, who we use, I am more than happy to put you all together and you can talk to them about, you know, setting up your own Help Scout app. Free commercial there for Rivik Media and Help Scout, I guess. 
So guys, we've all had that customer who sends an email and you read it. And if you're like me or my GM, you know, we've been in the game a long time and you read this email and all the hairs on the back of your neck go up and you say, we're not doing this job. And this is one of those scenarios. We absolutely, I got the call from Cheryl and my salesman, Chris, um, Chris D. And they both said, hey, can you look at Help Scout? There's an email from one of our clients and, you know, we're not sure we want to do this job. Well, first of all, as an owner, none of us want to hear. We're not sure we don't want to do, you know, we're not sure we want to do this job. And you, you just shouldn't be turning down the jobs. The answer is let's set the expectations. And here's how it laid out for us guys. So the response came back and this is what it said. Thank you for your quote. This is one large space and any imperfections or standing marks, high or low spots or uneven finish will readily show up, especially when walking up the stairs into the room. As we discuss with your salesman, Chris, we are asking for a smooth, even sanding job and finished result. This is why we feel CNR is the correct choice as your standards are very high. We simply look for reassurance that our expectations are going to be met. And the crew understands these things. Also, the edges where the cabinetry and casework sits on the floor, Chris had assured us that these transitions in the floor to the wall will show visible sand, will not show visible sanding marks, and maple cabinets and bases and baseboards are going to be protected. Do you sand and buff between first, second, and third coat? As discussed, finish options with your salesman, the finish is going to be gloss. In order to see two options we are considering, we plan to apply a small sample area of semi-gloss and satin or a matte finish. And you can provide the samples for the exact, exact, are you kidding me? Are you using Bona or oil finish? And will you use and apply all these samples on site? Do you have a furniture moving company we can use? We look forward to working with you sincerely, and he signs it. So, guys, you can see that this customer, first of all, it's Maple. It's a split-level walk-up. He's going to go up six stairs and be eye-level with the floor, and he's expecting it to be perfect. I understand why my office said, maybe we don't want to do this job. Mike, are you feeling my pain here? I am. I'm feeling it. <laughs> so... Here, here's the thing, guys. I didn't want to walk away. I didn't want to send him an email and say, you know, it's not a good fit or we don't want to do the job. And if I put this out there on Facebook, you know, a lot of us jump in and, and make the comment, run, knock the rear view mirror off. But what I'm going to say next is here's how it laid out. And this is what you should do. I wrote back, my name is Chris Sizza, and I own CNR Flooring, and thank you for the opportunity to quote your project. I would like to answer the below message regarding your expectations. I wish to point out that all floors have imperfections. In addition, maple, which you have, is a subtle grain product, which allows greater visibility of such imperfections. Also, your home is a split level, which, as you mentioned, walking up the stairs puts you at eye level, and you will see even more of the effect of such imperfections. This also makes it more difficult to achieve what you're describing. Yes, we do buff between all coats. Yes, using semi-gloss or gloss finish is also going to enhance your imperfections. 
I say all this because I feel we may not reach meet your expectations if you are if you are not on the same page as we are. We can deliver a floor that is well inside any and all industry standards. But if the expectation is at a furniture level or a pre-finished floor level, we are going to fall short of your goal. Since a home is not the same as a factory-controlled environment, such imperfection, such perfection cannot be reached. I'm willing to meet with you in person and discuss your project and want, if you want, and we can figure it out and make sure we're on the same page. I assure you, we strive to a level of quality you are describing, but as I said in the opening of this email, all floors have been perfections. Also, we do not have a specific moving company that we work with. Respectfully, Chris says, is seeing our flooring. So my office was thrilled with the response. They called me up because they read it on Help Scout and said, that's a perfect response. I'm going to save it and use it in the future. About six hours later that day, the customer called me and he said, hello, Chris, this is so-and-so. And I said, uh, I hope my, he goes, I received your email. And I said, well, I hope my email didn't set you off because the written word is often misinterpreted. And he said, set me off. Not at all. If I may, he goes, I feel like I read an email from a professional who wanted to make sure that I understood what level you can achieve. And I fully expect that we're going to meet each other's goals. The conversation went so well because he immediately became reasonable about his expectations. We took the job. We got the 50% deposit and he's on the schedule for two weeks from now. I'm traveling right now, but I'll be back in town next week and we're going to meet and we're going to walk the property and I'm going to reset that expectation. Now, this is a $7,000 job. I mean, 7,000 isn't going to make or break our bank, but it's a good job. And you don't want to walk away from seven grand. But if you set the expectation on the beginning, that's how you're going to, you know, keep everybody calm and keep them inside, you know, inside the coloring lines is what I like to say. Um, it's an example, guys, where we have to take a pause and, and a deep breath and then say, okay, I know this customer is going to be maybe difficult or maybe have superior expectations, but let's get them on our page and let's meet the goal together. And I think as professionals out there that have been in the game so long, we forget to do that. And I thought today's topic is a great way to remind ourselves how to do it. There's a way to be professional. And if he didn't want to accept my level, he would have said so. And then you walk away from the project. See what I'm saying, Mike? I do. It makes sense. Um, it'd be interesting to see how this story develops. I hope you'll keep us updated uh, in a couple of uh, weeks after the project's done. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to meeting the guy because when I wrote, when excuse me, when I read his email, I was thinking, I don't know if we want to do this job either. <laughs> but after talking to him on the phone, I just think he has, you know, he wants his house to be nice. I didn't find him to be unreasonable at all. And, you know, I think it's going to work for us. And I think, you know, he'll end up referring us. Let's, let's hope it goes down that way. Cause yeah. that's, that's how it's playing out in my head. Well, it may just be that he's had a really bad experience with something, a home improvement project that he just wants to be very clear what the expectations are. But, um, I think you'll be able to tell that in person before you start the job too. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to, we're looking forward to it, but again, 
That all happened and took place because answers at CNR flooring is in place. If we didn't have that in the middle, we might not have known what was coming down the pipeline. So again, customer communications, how do you do it? And, you know, I, I strongly recommend if you don't have a dedicated way that your customers can reach everyone in your firm, uh, you should start thinking about that. That would be my tip of the day. Uh, what else is going on out there, Mike? What are you working on? Well, I was just thinking that we should probably call Help Scout and let them know that we ran a free commercial for them and see if they'll they'll do some marketing our way. No, I'm maybe, kidding. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Maybe they cool. will. That would be fun. But I am going to take a look at it. It's an interesting product. Um, yeah, the other thing you brought up that I want to touch base a little bit on is, you know, um, you brought up Facebook and posting on social media. And sometimes I get a little a little cringe when I'm looking at the groups and stuff when posts are made that are putting the customer down in some way um, yeah. or calling them stupid or saying that, you know, this is just, this is, uh, this is crazy. And I get that those jobs are out there and I get that, you know, it's fun to see other people's craziness, but sometimes I wonder like, does the customer ever see that? And uh, has, has anybody ever been caught in a situation where they put a photo out there and, you know, ran down uh, a customer or something and somebody else saw that and didn't do business with them. You might never know that. So it's just one of those things that, you know, every once in a while I see something posted that I go, yeah, I really wouldn't advise that. No, I agree. I, I, I do. I, I, I'm always baffled by some of the stuff I see on social media pertaining to your business. And I'm like, doesn't everyone understand your business name is right there <laughs> and it's there for everyone to see. You know, um, my wife always says, you know, never post anything about politics or take a position because whatever position you're taking, when you take a stance, 50% of the people are agreeing and 50% are disagreeing. But no matter how you slice the pie, a lot of your customer base is going to walk away from you because they disagree with your personal opinions. So, right. Well, and I think we've been through business. we've been through such a period in our history with social media over the last year or so or four years, however you look at it, that um, everybody has an opinion. And the, and the reality is, I was thinking the other day, you know, I don't think I have any examples of somebody that I like more because of what they've posted on social media. I have a hundred friends that I like less based on what they post on social media. So sometimes I just think, you know, silence is golden. And yeah. your thoughts are your thoughts and I don't need to know them, but I do appreciate a lot of the stuff that's out there. I'm not really bashing social media. I just wonder if sometimes we need to be careful how we use it. You know, we have a, we've had this issue with NWFA actually with, you know, some, some of our regional instructors, you know, they're seen as the, as the person representing NWFA to a lot of our students and to the larger world. And we've had a few issues where some of the guys have posted things on social media that do exactly what you're talking about. Talk about politics, talk about um, religion, talk about things that can't help but be put out there to be argued. And so that ends up being a reflection on us as an organization. And we've had to have that conversation a few times regarding that. And it, you know, it, it just, it seems that it falls on deaf ears sometimes and that we really just have to, uh, figure that out because we do get people who contact us over social media posts saying this guy's representing your organization and I'm not going to participate in NWFA because of what he's posted here. And, you know, exactly. They're individual people and they're contracted to us to teach a school. But they're not representing necessarily what NWFA thinks on the whole, because we really don't take a political statement. We have our opinions yeah. and I have my personal opinions and I'll share those with you over a cocktail, but I wouldn't share them on social media. Yeah, but it's perceived that it's the NWFA's point of view. And that's 
you know, and, right. and that's what we need to steer away from. And I couldn't agree more, you know, growing up, my dad used to kind of beat this into my head and he would say, Chris, better to be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and relieve all doubt. And so it's just better to keep some shit to yourself, guys. Um, it's not important. Let's, I always say, or have your own personal friend group that you've chosen that, you know, how they're going to respond and you can have some fun with it, you know, but yeah, that's, but that's different. That's the same as sitting in your living room and having an opinion with your buddy, right? That's not out there on the web for everybody to see. Yeah. It's crazy. This uh, social media is a whole crazy world that, uh, sometimes I wonder if we're better off with. I hear you, buddy. Hey, what's going on with Expo? Well, that's that's a good point. We, I was looking at some of the social media, some of the responses that we've gotten so far to our news that went out this week regarding um, the next NWFA Expo. As you know, the last Expo we were supposed to have was supposed to be in Milwaukee in 2019. I mean, 2020. And because of COVID, we weren't able to, to hold that meeting. So we... Um, did a virtual meeting. We did another virtual meeting in the fall, um, you know, trying to bring people together, but we know that it's, it's time for us to get people together. And our plan was just to, you know, go into the next year into 2021 and be in Baltimore, uh, with expo this year. And unfortunately the convention center in Baltimore is being used as a, uh, overflow. It's, it's leased as an overflow hospital, uh, for COVID. And that's going to at least go through the end of March. And that lease may be picked up again. But the reality is that there hasn't been anybody working in that building, for well over a year now, um, our host hotel is still closed. So there's no way that we can really hold the expo in April in Baltimore. So for a, a while, we've been looking at different options um, as to what to do with the show. And so coverings, which is, um, as most of you will know, the large tile show, um, their show is typically a week or two before ours in April. And so they decided if uh, around the uh, I'd say maybe two months ago that they were going to do their show in Orlando in July. And so we thought, well, maybe we should we should have a discussion and see if it would make sense for us to do our show at the same time, um, because in some ways that could save a lot of travel for retailers in particular who are selling wood flooring and selling tile. And we thought it might bring some new people to the show. Um, and so we've, we've decided to go down that road. So we will be having the expo in July in Orlando, July 7th, 8th and 9th. And coverings will be in the hall um, next to us. And people who come to our show will have access to go into their show. And people that come to their show will have access to come into ours um, at no charge. We'll just go back and forth with the show floor. We're talking about doing some joint education. I know, you know, from a subfloor standpoint, we can do some things there. We're talking about doing some natural product promotion, um, you know, looking at ways that we can come together as as natural hard surfaces and make some statements in the industry as well, especially with lookalike products and that kind of thing. The tile industry has been very vocal about um, the same issues that we face with lookalikes. So I think it's going to be a great show. It's going to be something completely different. Um, the trade show and the education are all going to take place in the same hall so that we can keep as many people um, in one place as possible. Obviously there are going to be some really restrictions based on, you know, COVID, but uh, Florida hasn't ever stopped doing meetings. They've not closed. Orlando has not closed down their convention center or their meetings business the way other cities have across the country. And so they're, they're used to dealing with the restrictions. They've got a good business plan in place, good public policy that we can all follow and be clear about and keep everybody safe, but allow everybody to come, come have a meeting. And, you know, Orlando has some other opportunities as far as um, maybe bringing your kids. If you haven't been on vacation for 18 months, take a break, come down to Orlando and, and hang out with us for a few days. I like it. 
Plus, there's good golf in Orlando. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and this is the plan. And what we've learned with COVID is that um, I, I'm really tired of the word, but we do have to pivot. And so the idea is that we're going to have a show in July. But, you know, it, we're just coming out of January and things are just starting to roll with the vaccine. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We, we're very hopeful. We've, we're pretty sure we're going to have a meeting because Orlando has been open to business thus far. And the, the virus seems to be more under control. And hopefully by you know July, it's going to be really under control and we'll be able to to get together safely. Well, we'd like to believe that, you know, the majority of the vaccines will be done by then and so forth and so on. Um, forgive me for asking you to restate, but what is the actual date? July 7th, 8th and 9th, which is the Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday after the 4th of July weekend. Right on. OK, cool. I like it. Well, I'm going to put in my calendar because I know I'll be attending. No question about that. And I hope you guys listening are going to be attending, too. So uh, for me, Mike, I'm good here. Uh, what about you? You got anything you want to add? Any old business? Any new business? What's going on? No, that's that was pretty much it. I think that's where we're, we're at to wrap up today, and we'll talk in uh, another week or so. Right on. I love it. Hey, guys out there listening, keep it real and stay the professional that you are. Look forward to the next time. Everybody have a great day.